0: All right, all set, here we go. Parents don't have to have all the answers. Do you know what you're interested in? Do you know what you want to do? And you, quite simply, you get a yes or a no. If you want to be better tomorrow than you are today, if you want to be better next year than you are this year, then join the army because we have got those opportunities. Be the best, because that's our motto.
1: One of the careers advisor mantras is, you know, what's your backup plan and, and have you got some other ideas?
2: Eighteen nineteen 18, 19 years old, we're sending apprentices to basically anywhere on the the club. I think we've covered just about every continent with apprentices visits.
0: Hello, I'm Rachel Burden and welcome back to another episode of the Parent Perspective podcast from amazing apprenticeships and not going to uni. This podcast is about giving you, the parents and carers, everything you need to know to help your children make the right choices after leaving school or college. From apprenticeships to technical education, work experience to traditional academic study. Whatever next steps you and your child might be considering, we've got you covered. You can find us on the Amazing Apprenticeships website or wherever you get your podcast from, and you can join the conversation on social media as well. Now, coming up in this episode, it is the second of our Options October series. And this one is all about the options facing your young people post-18. And joining us to give some experience, insight and guidance, Liz Heron from the National Career Service, Jamie Martin, the Partnerships Manager at Not Going to Uni, and Brian Fletcher, who's a dad trying to help his kids. He has a daughter who's just finished Year 13 and a son who's just starting Year 13. Is that right, Brian?
3: That's correct, yeah.
0: So you're right at the end of their educational journey.
3: Yeah, definitely. So obviously my daughter's just finished her A-levels. My son's got his A-levels coming up this year. Um, I think some of the questions I'd like to know around sort of what, what happens if you don't quite get what your plans are planning to happen. I think that's probably one of the biggest questions that probably would help a lot of other people as well is what what if.
0: So did your daughter have a fixed idea in her head of what she wanted to do when she came to the end of school?
1: Yeah,
3: so she, her plan was to go off to university to study maths um, and she got amazing A-level results, an A and two Bs, um, but she she needed an A in maths and she only got a B. So yeah. Um, her her sort of plans have changed and and she's sort of almost put the brakes on a little bit to um, the university journey because she was dead set on her first choice. And um, so, yeah, she's a little bit in limbo, but um, at the same time, she's she's sort of working her way through it.
0: No bad thing, I think, just to take a pause and not rush into any decision at all and look at all the options. Did you feel that that you had any guidance you could give her or was it as confusing for you as a parent to know which way to direct her?
3: <laughs> I, and by the I, way I, I think, put myself um, in the
0: confused camp.
3: Yeah I think a little bit confusing um, but at the same time there are a lot more options that weren't there when obviously I went through the whole um, school leaving process which which I think does help Give people options, but at the same time, it it sort of almost can douse people's minds with too many options that they sort of struggle to pin something down that's specific.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Although, one of the enlightening things about doing this podcast series for me has just been learning about the range of possibilities out there away from conventional academic study, which are really exciting and offer young people, I think. Just a completely different, but no less enriched path to you know whatever they want to do later on in life. So we have, as I say, two two brilliant personal career advisors for you here, Uh, Liz Heron uh, from the National Careers Service. This this is a moment I think where if you don't get the results, quite often teenagers will just kind of hop into the next best option. But do you agree? Mm. It's a really good thing to just. Take a pause and have a think.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, pressing pause is, is really important because if you jump into something else too soon, people could people could regret it if they're making a decision too quickly. But uh, one of the one of the careers advisor mantras is, you know, what, what's your backup plan and, and have you got some other ideas? So but that said, let's think about where where she's gonna go from from here. Um yes, there are so many options and I would be just advising anybody to research them carefully. What's right for one person might not be right for another. Um, I would be thinking, well, what was her long-term plan? What was she thinking about in the future after the degree? Was it that she wanted to go to that particular university because she liked the university? Would there be another course there that she could do, maybe um, check with the university if they've still got places on other courses or... Thinking about the same university, apply next year, look at something else, or is it the course that's the, the magnet? Would there be another organisation, another another learning provider that would um, that would be equally suitable? So those would be, I think, the first uh, thoughts. Um, then the next thought would be actually, well, if there's something else that she wanted to do in the longer term, is there another way to do it? Is there another way to get there? So I'd be thinking, well, could she explore that? Could she do it through an apprenticeship? Could she do it through some other option? Or I suppose other option would be to, okay, take a gap year, have a think about it, um, apply for something else next year. So definitely not rush into things. That would be my advice.
0: So before I bring you back in, Brian, Jamie, can you appreciate how tough it is actually as a teenager when you've got your mindset on something you know you're doing all you can to get there you get great results not quite good enough to get the place you wanted and suddenly everything's kind of knocked out of kilter it can be really discombobulating can't it yeah
2: absolutely I mean I was there myself um four years ago it seems like a lifetime now <laughs> once you get into the world of work um but yeah the most important thing is pausing like liz said and options there is so many options now that you can go into um and the most important thing when you're in that year 13 period and you you've got exams going on and you know that the end is near it's to have options in front of you whether that be a gap year whether that be an apprenticeship whether that is applying to university or why not do all three at the same time um every employer or young individual that i speak to it's all about putting as many options and on the table as possible um and if one doesn't go to plan great um you've got
0: the backup plans there as well brian are there any specific questions you want to ask before we get into more generalities uh, No, i
3: think um first of all thank you both for that um, advice i think is it's brilliant um and, uh, and i think actually poppy did have a backup plan and she does know what she wants to do afterwards all of these things in fairness to poppy she's 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 sort of got lined up and stuff like that but i think one of the challenges is timing um with with near enough everything is that it seems to go at post 18 everything obviously apart from just going and finding a, a normal job but apprenticeships the time scales if if for example your plan is to go to university and you've always thought that's what you're going to do you don't quite get the results that you want and then you sort of think actually what about an apprenticeship you're almost then you do have to almost wait another cycle or a period of time because the apprenticeships tend to go in line with the school year and they sort of all of the big most of the big companies have an intake period which pretty much runs in line with the fact that people have get their results in august and then you're almost starting your apprenticeship in September. And if you if you miss that boat, is there, there I don't know, is there sort of apprenticeships that don't go in line with that? Because obviously there's a lot of apprenticeships have an education part with it. And if you're finishing your A-levels, a lot of them are degree level apprenticeships that you you would be going to a degree. So it, it there isn't that much time to go for secondary options if you haven't already lined it up beforehand. Um, so that's the challenge is 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 the, and probably the biggest question is are there apprenticeship providers that um, do intake outside of sort of you know i think applications january to March decisions April to june based on new results that are coming in july August so then what happens if between September and January, if if you if you didn't things didn't go your way, is there possibilities for apprenticeships or alternatives, or even interim sort of gap filling times until like to do on a, a gap year, you you might start an apprenticeship um, based on what you want to do post degree that. Ultimately, you, you might be able to go and get some sort of experience in that field of work, and actually sort of work out actually i can I can do that with with work rather than going and, and studying for three years or four years at university
1: let
0: me let's let's separate those two things because they're really good points. first of all, the timing thing jamie is there any way around that?
2: Uh, yes and no. Uh, it will depend on obviously the size of the organisation. Obviously your bigger companies have got to start their planning early and have a very rigorous process in terms of uh, which might be video interviews, online assessments, uh, your assessment centre days and then actually letting those candidates know months and months in advance with a potential offer so they know where they stand when they finish their A-levels. So, But on the other hand, the... There are more companies now um, that are hiring throughout the year, not just in your typical, um, obviously September to either December or January through the Christmas period. That is now increasing um, as we as the general attraction and the interest. Progresses within apprenticeship, so I see that improving over the next couple of years. Um, with companies catering for more intakes as apprenticeships are more popular, and there's obviously that additional funding from from the government to support with that. So. Obviously, your smaller company is going to be able to be a bit more agile. So if they're only taking on one or two um, apprentices, apprentices sorry, uh, every year, they'll be able to either advertise a bit more later um, because they haven't got to go through that rigorous process. So that might be an option for your daughter as well, to be able to still go into London, experience that London lifestyle, get the generous uh, package that is on offer in the city um, and be able to be a bit more kind of last minute around her decision making.
0: Because she's thinking of going into finance accounting, but she's quite keen to work in in a big corporation environment, is she, Brian? Um,
3: I think what what she said is, is that um, she thinks she'd probably like to start there um, just so that there's bigger opportunities to experience multiple different facets of of, uh, a a big corporation within the field. So obviously going from not really knowing what jobs are there and opportunities are there within these type of organisations to, if you were to go for a smaller more local firm they would normally be very specific in what they do and and the field is quite small whereas obviously if you went to one of the top 10 accounting firms as an example then there's multiple fields and obviously countries and opportunities that you can go and explore through the apprenticeship schemes and graduate schemes that they offer hmm. so I, I think guess. That's, that's probably what's attracted her.
0: I guess so then the other option, as Liz has already suggested, is you take a year out. Maybe you find some work in the field in which you're interested in, which then puts you in a strong position if she reapplies to university or if she decides to apply for one of those graduate trainee schemes. Liz, presumably that would actually put her in a pretty advantageous position if her experience was relevant. <laughs>
1: I think so because um, people who do better, people who do a, a job role, um, do tend to get more life experience. They come across more articulate in interviews. They've got more examples of um, what they've done, and they can actually relate the job to real life, the, uh, the course to real life. So I think that would be valuable experience for for somebody if that's what she chose to do and we're talking about a particular
0: sector but actually all these conversations all these principles apply in in any in any role that you're looking to go into Liz
1: oh well absolutely i i really do think that that if, if anybody gains some work experience they are also when they if they do um want to go to a, a course after having taken a year out they're that bit more mature so therefore they might find it easier to actually adjust to the to the pace of university life to the 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 fact that that to, to putting the hours into the self-discipline to study so um and, and also like the soft skills that they can gain from that uh, from the, the the working with people um the get the um networking through through work i think is really valuable brian how
0: easy did you find as a parent to source information around this or were you quite hands-off did you let poppy try and work it all out herself um
3: i think it's much better than it's ever been um definitely i think we I, i can't obviously speak for every school in our area but the school that both of our children um go to are very good in offering both academic um, work routes plus apprenticeships that and sort of giving people um, guidance for for everything and you know the resources such as amazing apprenticeships and 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 the like are, are, have been absolutely brilliant in that the that the kids sort of get to go and explore it themselves but then there are sort of opportunities where you both go together and then you come away talking about you know the pros and cons of each and they start to sort of form what they think they want to do, um, and and stuff like that. So yeah, P- P- Poppy definitely liked the idea of apprenticeships at the start, but then she started thinking more of university. I think probably her teachers were were sort of saying, "Oh, you should um, think about university a bit more," and, and 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 things like that. But yeah, I think I think it's it's relatively easy, and I think obviously with the internet age, um, googling stuff is. Uh, it is quite helpful for the vast majority of things to at least um, give you a snippet of information to then carry on your own investigation into it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Jamie, you're much closer to school-leaving age than myself, Brian or Liz, I think it's fair to say. Um, that university bias from teachers, I think, is 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 gradually fading a bit, but I'm sure is is still there. Schools are based on academic results and very often on the number of kids they get to university. But what's your own experience and what was your own journey?
2: Yeah, so I got to year 13. Um, Laura, my careers advisor, was amazing in, in terms of helping me with different options. And I think from the start, she kind of saw that I wasn't going to be a university person. Um, I was very hands on. I wanted, I started working from a young age. Uh, that's how I learned best. Um, so, Applying to university, so I had three offers on the table. I applied to degree apprenticeships and I actually ended up working full-time in a normal job, um, local to me. And looking back at that, it was very much, I applied to university to tick a box and it was there in the background, but I knew deep down that it wasn't for me. Um, So it goes back to that having options on the table. But if I was truly following my gut it was a pretty useless option to have on the table just because I knew university was never going to be for me and um, so you, look, your careers advisors have a responsibility to help you in multiple different ways and provide you with those routes and I think being able to tick that box is a, is a positive thing and having that option there in case you need it as you can always defer those offers to a later year and like you say take a Taking, uh, go into a full-time role, um, go and take a gap year, whatever it may be, you still have that ability to to, to go and take those offers at a later date. So I think it's getting better. Um, I still think there needs to be a massive education and awareness piece within schools to support apprenticeships further. I mean, Brian, take it's really good to hear that your school has been really, really supportive. And for someone who's uh, achieving really well at school, it it's, it's frustrating for me to hear that I think university maybe is only being considered the only option there because of her performance but when she has got the ability to both study but also is probably quite an outgoing and quite a, a person that would be suitable for full-time work that's when you maybe want to kind of have a sit down and say okay well maybe this is a degree apprenticeship option maybe I do need to look at that rather than just university I think that's where the the extra piece of advice and education maybe needs to come in into the schooling environment.
0: What about your own um, parents or caregivers, Jamie? What role did they play in those kinds of decisions when you were younger?
2: Um, they were very much apprenticeships and hands-on. Uh, neither of my parents went to university, so um, uh, yeah, on the on hands-on and on-the-job learning was probably in my blood from day one, um, and. I'd been attracted to apprenticeships from 16. I'd worked in an organisation that was kind of pushing me to, not pushing me, provided me with the option to to potentially work there uh, once I finished A-levels into an apprenticeship. So I guess I kind of got in my head already that that was going to be my path and this is how I was going to learn the best. So they were kind of following my steps, really, um, just because I kind of just took a a front row in that and, and kind of knew what I wanted deep down, I think.
0: Well let's assume Poppy is going to take some time out anyway she she may have a year out depending on on what she decides to do Liz here's a question for you what is the best way to spend a gap year
1: Oh there again that that's, that really is one of those how long's a piece of string questions because it really does def- depend on the individual uh depends on their values um depends what they want to get to in the in the end so it might be that they might want to spend some time volunteering if if um, earning is not a priority they might want to do something that they wouldn't maybe get chance to do at a later stage in their life so they might want to do some if they have um, any sort of altruistic values they might want to do something really different they might want to do something completely non-academic they might want to if they they're really conscious about the environment they might want to do something with that um locally um in terms of volunteering there's some great stuff on the national career service website there's a there's um, a link to do you can have a look at that sorry what what is what is that then will you tell us a bit more about that yes yes so it's um it's, it's a, a link to a, a website where you can actually search for volunteer opportunities, opportunities nationally. So you can uh, decide what type of volunteering you want to do, you know, whether it's working with children or whatever it is you, that you want to do. And you can search the database for volunteering opportunities. So some will come up locally, but also you could look at so somebody could look at their local volunteer centre. So depending on their postcode, the local authority usually has a volunteer centre. They might have um, group sessions where they speak to people about volunteering. There's also organisations like the Prince's Trust where people can do, ver- um, do various programmes, so including volunteering. So those, those might be some other options to consider. Um, then there's the paid work option um, or a mix of... A mix of a few. Uh, the important thing is to do something rather than, um, you know, when, when I was a teenager, I would have quite happily sat around and and um, just done some things to not particularly productive. But I, I mean, certainly whatever the people do go on to do, if, if they've had a gap year and they've made some use of it, it certainly does look great on a CV. Uh, for what do they plan to to go on? It looks great on their uh, their UCAS statement. So um, really, as I say, it's it's the, there's so many options. Um, I'd suggest maybe um, speaking to a careers advisor and and spending a good you know a half hour or so exploring the options really um, and seeing what's out there locally and, and nationally. Is Poppy? Um finding it quite
0: stressful, this kind of moment of trying to work things out? Or is she actually taking a bit of time to chill now, Brian? Uh,
3: Definitely the first first option. Um, So um, she's got another offer from the same university um, to do something in a very similar field to what she wanted to in the first place, which probably actually more suited to, but um, she's not sure what to do now with that um and stuff like that so she, she she's um a little bit stressed at the moment but she's she's working her way through it
0: understandable and who does she go to for advice then who's her sounding board um,
3: i think it's a combination of uh, myself my wife and weirdly enough my auntie who's a retired teacher who's um sort of been through um obviously a, she she was a head of six woman at a school in london and she's sort of is very experienced of dealing with um pupils that are potentially a little bit stressed in their current situation and just sort of talking through the options um, with her so she she does sort of reach out to her just on the on text of whatsapp and stuff and has chats with her and just asks she's just a sounding board outside of the four walls of the house sort of thing.
0: That's actually really valuable to do that with Jamie I would say isn't it to kind of tap into other adults much as as parents we like to think we've got all the answers but if you have others around you whether it's a trusted teacher or a cousin or an aunt or your neighbor and that can be a really useful source of advice.
2: Yeah it's different perspectives isn't it It, it, especially when they've kind of uh, take everyone's taken a different route in life right and everyone has different motivations and values as to why they've taken those steps so I would I would definitely say and that's what I did I ended up reaching out to as many different mentors as I could uh, when I was kind of started working from 18 because I knew and these were people that not necessarily were going to be specific to what I wanted to do but just for life experiences and decision making because those individuals can provide advice and, and those steps and kind of take some things off your mind in terms of looking too far ahead and um, that was something that I still do now don't get me wrong but did throughout my, I was going to say younger years, but I I think I can still count 22 as younger years. You still qualify. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, don't worry. I still qualify, just about. Um, But it's definitely a stressful time. You start to think too far ahead around, is this path going to be successful? Is this going to be true to what I really want to be? And I think there's just got to be a kind of... (sighs) I I feel kind of fraudulent giving advice because I still do it myself but it it is important just to not look too far ahead and just look in the now what can I be doing now who can I be talking to that's going to add value to my journey not in five or ten years in the next year for me and ultimately pick those people's brains find out what they did find out what they've seen other people do because you're going to gain so much insight from that and you'll be able to make more calculated decisions by doing that
0: and, and the other thing, Liz, is um, don't panic. Whatever decision you make now is not going to set an unalterable course for the next 20, 30 years of your life. You may do something for a year, change your mind, do something for a couple of years, change your mind. Um, at this stage, you don't have to kind of
1: feel trapped in any way, do you? That, no, that's that's right. Um, I, I think in, when, when I've, I, I do see a lot of people from different countries and i I've, do you find that actually in, in the UK, our education system and our qualification system is quite flexible. Um, sometimes some countries, their vocational systems are very set. So once people set, are set on a path, that's it. Um, but here, there is so much flexibility. And I, I think these days, gone of the idea that people would have a career for life. Uh, it's very rare these days, people tend to have several careers and make all sorts of different moves and, and restarts. So I, I think, yeah, what, whatever, what, what, whatever somebody's feeling now, go with that. And then at a different stage of their life, they might want something else completely different.
0: That's a really positive note on which to finish, actually, because too often, I suppose, we talk about the UK and the disadvantages and other educational systems being better. But when you hear about it in terms of the flexibility and opportunity it offers, um, that is really encouraging. Brian, do you feel like um, any of the kind of weight has been lifted at all by by getting this advice? Yeah, definitely,
3: definitely. Um, Thank you, both of you, um, for... The, um, your insights has been really really helpful
0: well actually what's been really helpful is taking your example and basically running it through the Jamie and Liz models and, and learning from them because so many parents and caregivers will be able to apply the same situation to their own lives and their own children so I, I really appreciate it and best of luck to Poppy whatever she decides to do I feel like we need a return episode in 12 months time to see what's happened
3: brilliant not a problem
0: Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Liz, from the National Careers Service. Thank you, Jamie, from Not Going to Uni. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Parent Perspective. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, you can find Amazing Apprenticeships on social media. That's at AmazingAppsUK or Not Going to Uni is at Not Going to Uni. Just use the hashtag Parent Perspective. See you soon.